0: Welcome to Kilgallon's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallon, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Instagram, that's at Killgallon's Pub, on Twitter as well, at Kilgallon's Pub. Give myself a follow, that's at Joe Killgallon on all the platforms, except for TikTok, which is Joe Kilgallon Comedy, which you guys should get on board with that. I'm almost at 16,000 subscribers, no, followers. Subscribers is what you say for YouTube. 16,000 followers, and it's been fun. I like it. I think it's like the best um, social media app right now. You know why? No arguments. I mean, some people might make some dick comments here or there, but it's not like Facebook where it's this constant, like, here's my conspiracy theory, and here's why everyone is a sheeple, and you know all that kind of shit going back and forth, right, and a bunch of dumb questions too. That's a big part of Facebook now, right? Someone just asked surveys. Everyone's surveying each other's friends. Give me a moment when you, when you were scared. Let's talk about it. Top five, this top, ten. you know, it's like, I, okay, sometimes that's fun, but I feel like that's all my feed is. It's just people asking dumb questions. And I'm not here for it anymore. I'm just simply not Twitter. They show you people you don't even follow. It's like, Hey, here's a dipshit and your other dipshit people that you only follow because you have to, because it'd be socially awkward if you didn't follow them because you see them enough where they'd be like, Hey, you don't follow me on Twitter. What the fuck? Motherfucker. What the fuck? So you have to follow them. And then they like stupid shit. And then Twitter goes, Hey, the dumb people you like also like dumb shit, maybe you'll like this dumb shit. What do you think and i'm like i don't I don't like it, I'm not into it, so please stop. Instagram's still pretty cool. I'm down with the Instagram still um it's getting dangerous though. you ever see that like search page? It's just all models, and I'm like, I can't be following these models it's not you know I'm a dad now, my husband and a father, and I cannot be doing it, but yeah I've, I've followed a few, just the European ones anyhow. Because they will go straight, like, you know, very, very nude, except for not. Like, they know how to do, like, a shadow where they're like, hey, Instagram, can't really delete this. Because on Instagram, you can't be naked. Twitter, you can do whatever the hell you want. It's a jungle out there. All right, enough of my rambling. I'm very excited for this episode of the podcast. I am sitting down having some drinks with a dude I've known for shit as long as I've been doing stand-up comedy, man. Like, 12, 13 years or something like that. One of the funniest guys, I mean, I wish I was in-person drinking with him because... It's more fun, but uh, you do what you can. We're we're still in this whole COVID thing, so we're doing it over Zoom. The very funny, the very talented. Is he talented? He's hilarious. That's all he cares about. But uh, seriously, it's one of the best comics around. C.J. Sullivan is my guest. Everybody, this dude's been on Comedy Central. He's been uh, touring across the country with some uh, huge comedians. He's um, he's written. Uh, he's got a great podcast himself called The Visitor's Lock Room. That he co-hosts with Nate Craig, who's been on Killgown's Pub before. You guys remember Nate Craig, the guy who told us the truth about one Jonah Hill. Go back to look up that episode. But yeah, we're going to have some fun with this one. Everyone, again, I can't thank you enough for checking out the podcast. Check out the Patreon. The Patreon, I got a bunch of new stuff on. Also, I've decided, I haven't posted anything to Patreon in about a week or two. But it, there's, there's still a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's been, a, it's been a little over a week. So sorry, Patreon subscribers, but I'm, I'm coming your way. I've decided here will be a fun thing. Since I've been dropping my special, everyone, which subscribe to on YouTube, please. I should have said that first and foremost. Um, watch it on YouTube. You don't need to subscribe. Just watch the video. Share the videos. Tell your friends, hey, check out these videos. goes a long way. really appreciate that. It's my latest hour. It's called I Didn't Say Anything Bad. And um, the latest chapter, chapter four. And then we got one more chapter, chapter five. And there's a couple bonus jokes for you guys. So, be, you know, those will be coming in the weeks to come. Um... And then once that's all out, I think, because most of the, the video you'll see, most of the clips are from the early show. I, I did two shows where we filmed them both in 4K, mind you. Um, and people have been loving them. The, the, you know, It's all, all thumbs up, which is great. Um, so, yeah, just keep telling people, keep spreading the word. It, it really goes a long way. The second show, we only took like two jokes from one in which is called Millennials, and that is out right now. That's part of Chapter 4, which has one of my favorite crowd work exchanges of all time. You'll have to watch to see. It's really fun. That's why we took that one. The second show was great. I thought the laughs were louder, and I thought my performance itself was a little bit better. But the second show had a lot of drunk rowdiness, meaning you'd hear people just kind of like, (laughs) like just like too hyped up. And I didn't want it to sound like what did you do, a show for his cousins? Which I didn't. My family was actually at the early show. I think I had like one cousin at the late show, and it was all strangers, and they were just a jacked-up crowd. And um, but it just it, the the sound wasn't like it was a little over the little overzealous. Is that the phrase I'm looking for? Perhaps. And um, and then we said well, another joke was taken from that one too. But that was cool. So I have the unedited version of the late show. So I think I'll add that to the Patreon so you Patreon subscribers could watch the whole Late Show unedited and see it all together. I think it's pretty cool. Um, And then the album itself, the audio will be hitting Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, whatever people are calling it nowadays, Amazon, Google Play, Tidal, all of the streaming services, Pandora. That'll be hitting sometime in June. I don't have an exact date, but I will be soon. Probably next week I'll have an exact date for you, and you could uh, pick that up. You can buy it, which helps me. It goes a longer way if you buy it. i um, streaming it. I'll get like a fraction of a cent per thousand. It's such a fucking ripoff. But, you know, you do. You take what you could get in these tough times. Anyhow, without further ado, guys, uh, drink along with us. Have some fun. This is Kill Gallon's Pub. Yep. Let's start this fucker, man. All right, dude. CJ Sullivan, man. You got that awesome backdrop there. Uh, yeah, man. Dude, Thank we you. were both talking before we really started the show about how we're both kind of liking the mm-hmm. quarantine. It, you know besides people dying of course and and you know losing businesses and whatnot
1: of course of
0: course of, of course goes without saying uh yeah I just and kind
1: recession of,
0: the recession right, right. and no sports has been a motherfucker but like i don't know i just kind of i've been i've been enjoying myself a little bit or I'm trying to make the best of it really because if, if no one could do anything then i don't feel bad you know you only feel bad being lazy when you see people running around doing shit
1: Joe, I hear you so much. I feel like, well, nobody else can do anything. So this is great. We're all ground zero now. You know, we're all fucking at the same nothingness. Let's fucking, you know, let's start from scratch. Let's roll right? off and, a balcony. And, and,
0: dude, I know. That's why I think I got to lead off with that. So you've been doing these shows everywhere. For real. You guys got to follow CJ Sullivan on Instagram. Are you just simply at CJ Sullivan mm-hmm. on Instagram? Yeah, dude. The. I've watched a couple in the. On Instagram, I'm
1: um, CJ Sullivan was taken, right, with underscores. Right. There's me from the balcony, show vids. All right, yeah, you got it. <laughs> You
0: got you got host on the
1: Instagram name there. You can follow on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. Yeah, so show
0: vids, uh, everybody. I know,
1: I did. CJ Sullivan was taken.
0: <laughs> I like how you queued it up right there on the Zoom show live from the balcony. It's just you going out to your balcony, and I didn't know what was what. Ooh, there's a thunderstorm going on in the background in my yep. house here um i didn't know what was what at first because at first i thought you were mm-hmm. plugging in the audience response and then i'm like no way i think there's people actually yelling some shit
1: dude What's half it? the people think that no half the people think it's fake so it's real it's 100 there's no way i could do that little right background for
0: everybody cj's going out to the balcony dude, to it's pure we ho
1: and, and it's pure we ho joe
0: <laughs> It really is super west out. Before we get into that, dude, my favorite story, because you and I overlapped for a good year. There was a good year, year and a half where we were both in L.A. together. And I remember going to your apartment, I think mm-hmm. to do my old sports podcast, or maybe just to hang out or something before going somewhere else. And you and your wife told me one of the craziest stories I've ever heard about two raccoons fighting. Yep. Because you guys have one of those – it's like Melrose Place, but like a sky rise. Because Melrose Place, everyone from back in the day, a big 90s show. It was oh, like sure. – yeah, I was, I was, like, that was
1: my first one. Here it is, yeah.
0: Yeah, look, you guys can see it. This is his actual – everyone watching on uh,
1: YouTube right now or on Facebook. You, let me see if I can get the whole thing for you. I probably can't. But, yeah, there's a pool below this. It's, yeah, there's a pool I'm in the center. It's, it's Coliseum seating, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and um, – Dude, tell the raccoon story because it was the craziest shit I've ever heard. All right, I'll tell it. I'm actually thinking about telling it next week as a five-parter, Monday through Friday, and keep it as a teaser, you know? Okay. Ma- mainly because <laughs> I'm running out of material. i am paid myself into a corner, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Well,
0: and you only go on for, like, what, a few minutes, though?
1: Yeah, I know. And the crowd's starting to die down, too, right now. I think I've given up. Why don't you have other, I know you had Nick Vatterat on. Which was so. Yep. And tomorrow night, I'm having him back. I'm having him back tomorrow night.
0: When you had Nick Vatterat, everyone, you got to look up Nick Vatterat, too. It was really funny because the clip I saw, I didn't see, like, anything before that. I thought maybe mm-hmm. it was just the clip you guys did. Nick comes, right. like, out of the balcony. He's like, man, I bombed. I shit. <laughs> and you're, like, trying to cheer him up a little bit. Yeah. And it was just hilarious to me because it's the same conversation every 2 stamp comedians have yeah. after uh, any typical show at a bar or club. But you guys are having it in your fucking, like, dining room before going com- out of the balcony.
1: Com- coming- dining room was a nice compliment. We yeah. come up with excuses like, uh, ah, there was a big game tonight. You know, people didn't come out. Like, it's just comedy club bullshit. Yeah, that's Oh, it's
0: fantastic. That's All right, so best. you could save the raccoon story, then I won't make you tell it. No, I'll ever. tell I'll tell I'll tell the raccoon story. All right, beautiful. Why, Why not?
1: Why not? How many followers you got you have? On
0: my uh, podcast? The podcast. Gets yeah, on, some, the, on this thing. Oh a couple hundred a week. All right, I'll
1: tell. Then I'll tell it. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, no, I get I get hundreds. Not I playing. So anyway, so one night, it's like three AM and we get woken up with the craziest, loudest sound you ever heard. It's just like, rah, rah. It felt like it was like a raccoon being in a dominatrix dungeon or something. You just heard screaming. So everyone comes out on their balconies. And there's two raccoons fighting each other. They're tumbling. They're fucking going on a ball. It's like a cartoon character. There's like exclamation points coming out and curse words and all this bullshit going on. Oh, my God. Look at these things. They are brawling. And one raccoon was just massive, like fucking roided out. <laughs> And he was dominating the other one, just burying them. He grabbed them, took them to our pool, and brought him to the deep end, took them all the way down, eight feet, spun them like a Ray Liotta movie, just fucking spinning them down. And I was like, oh, my God, look at this. Suffocated him, came up, let him go, got out of the pool like a human. They like pushed his arms up, foot up. His, his girlfriend was waiting for him with a robe. <laughs> Put his robe on him. give him his cell phone back and shit. They were all fucking terrified. Actually, you know, this dude comes out from the second floor with a broom. I don't know what he's going to do with this broom. He comes out with a broom. The big raccoon passes him. Doesn't give a fuck about this guy. Raccoons don't care about humans anyway, you know? Because they no. deal. They're city animals. They, they, they deal with this shit. Joe, he showed him so much disrespect. He passed him through his legs. Looked up at him, like, yeah, okay, dude. When you're done with that, sweep my fucking alley up. You know, (laughs) pass him through his legs, right? So the guy comes over, sweeps the victim out of the pool, gets him out, starts, like, prodding him. Then he looks up at all of us. He's like, he's still alive. He's breathing. What should I do? And girls are like, give him CPR. (laughs) Give him CPR. I'm like, no, no. Do not not. that's insane. Do not right. Do not touch that disease. That's a disease. Do not touch it. But he does. He starts giving CPR. But he uses the broom to give it like heart palpitations. Yeah. I swear to God. But he doesn't use the end. He uses like the bristle side. (laughs) You can't get anything with that. He just he's just moving leaves around, basically, like wet leaves, moving it around his chest. It tickled him. He loved he liked it. (laughs) But it resuscitated him, he goes. He's breathing. He's still alive. He's breathing. And I was like, yeah. Everyone cheered, right? And the big raccoon who was just about to leave, he had his key in the gate and everything. About to turn the door. <laughs> he looks back and he's pissed, dude. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why? You're saving him? You don't know what he did to me. He might have fucked my girl or owed me money. What? That's nothing to do with you. He comes back. I swear to God, he comes back. We're like, Dude, get out of there! Raccoon's coming back. <laughs> and he drops. Everyone's the- screaming at him, huh? Right. Yeah. Like, dude, watch out! He drops the broom and takes off. Big raccoon comes back, grabs the fucking victim again, and now he's looking at us. Now he's mad at us. Grabs him by the throat. And you know raccoons have like human hands. Yeah, they got weird little. Yeah, and it's cute like when they're on Jimmy Kimmel are eating berries and shit. <laughs> but it's it's not so cute. When they're choking another raccoon, like face to face, this time Joe, I'm sure of God. He grabbed his head, brought him to the pool, and just ducked his head in the pool. And he looked up at all of us like, "You did this. You happy? You did this. Oh, you want him to live? You want him to die? Fuck you. You know he's dying." And he fucking choked him out, brought him to the bushes. Everyone starts goes to bed. I'm watching. Starts eating him. Starts eating. God damn. Joe, i didn't even know raccoons did it i looked it up online they don't they don't even do it that's how crazy this motherfucker was dude
0: that is like your la street raccoon man that thing dude when you guys told me that story when i was still living there i couldn't sleep for like a week he's our (laughs) landlord now (laughs) he owns that complex Mm -hmm. the craziest Mm -hmm. part to me about the story was that everyone was on their balconies at once being like what the fuck
1: are we witnessing right now it was so real joe it was so raw nobody filmed it
0: Oh yeah, because oh, yeah, we we're terrified. We we're terrified. No, yeah, you don't think to grab your cell phone when you're seeing something that out of the ordinary. Uh-huh. You have a raccoon. That's a serial killer. That is like, you know, we, you mentioned um, off air. You mentioned Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I know there's a serial killer element to that movie. Yes, there is. He's the, yeah, he's the Charles Manson of raccoons. This thing. It's yeah, a Criminal he's Minds funny. episode, but like for for like you know street rodents is it a raccoon? I, mean, I don't
1: even fucking know but like straight up sociopath.
0: i don't know i just love that story it's 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 fucked with my head for a long time but i've never really liked raccoons i've had a thing against them for a long time because they look cute and cuddly i think there was a raccoon care bear cousin or something like that yeah whole thing and everyone's like oh look they're wearing glasses no they oh. will they'll they're like koala bears are like that too yeah well with them just- raccoons
1: they're city animals, and they don't—they're not scared of humans, you know. They're not,
0: no. But that's why in them in the Avengers movies, um, Rocket Raccoon works because yeah. it's like, oh yeah, this little fucker would not be afraid of us. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll shoot and talk shit and steal Absolutely. stuff. Totally Absolutely. makes sense, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So, all right, dude. The show vids are fucking great. I love that you're doing that. It's Thank you, buddy. Thank do. you. Thank you. That's what's been kind of cool right now. Everyone's coming up with like new ways to like be creative, because. Have you
1: done stand up over Zoom? I've done, this is I've done like I've done like two shows and they're depressing and sad, but I'll still do them, you know. Okay. But I'm like I don't like this. That's why I kind of like the show vid thing cuz there's a crowd even though it's not for me, but I can interact with them at least, you know. But why are there why are people out there? Are they just out there for the hell of it? <laughs> no, they're clapping for frontliners and, you know,
0: nurses that's what and it's shit, for. You know. Yeah, cuz there's a hospital not too far from you, I think, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the Hollywood Hills where the nurses live. and there's three million dollar condos
0: yeah you know my wife worked at Hollywood presbyterian but that's not in west hollywood Hollywood that's what i'm
1: saying it's such an empty gesture that's why i don't mind making fun of that applause because it's such ridiculous fucking nothingness yeah yeah, dude yeah i agree with you i get the communal feeling and all that shit and i applaud the frontliners of course but like you these people ringing cowbells and shit get the out.
0: I agree, and you know who I blame—I blame the Italians because everyone shared videos <laughs> of them singing on their balconies. I, if always, singing, I always
1: blame the Italians. It's my default setting as well. <laughs> as an Irishman, I'm with you on this one.
0: You have to. You got these. Did you guys. see the
1: one I? Do you see the one I did with the accordion where I said I hate Italian people?
0: No, I didn't see that one.
1: Oh, it's pretty amazing. I do. I do the whole mocking of Italians and the whole thing. Ah, oh, falsetto. You know, doing an Del song or some shit. I go. Italians are filthy people. I can say that because I hate Italians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. I grew up with I grew up with Italians in the East Coast. No, yeah,
0: you're a Philly guy, dude. In mm-hmm. Chicago, I feel like there's every major city that's east of the Mississippi has like an Irish Italian thing going on because we all immigrated the same fucking time. You of know, course. they open pizzerias, we open pubs. Like it's a whole fucking thing between those two groups. I and think they modern, hate each
1: other. Yeah, it's but, only it's only an American Irish Italian thing too.
0: Oh, yeah, if you, like Irish people from Ireland and Italians from Italy, they're, I think right. they're fine with each other. They don't give a shit. Absolutely. You were in Ireland, what, last year? Last year, a year ago
1: with uh, Nolan Rafferty. From, uh, yeah, you had yeah.
0: Nolan Rafferty, who's been on the podcast before. He actually was a gr- really good guest because at, he's one of the Sniff, few guests.
1: Right? Sniff, oh, nice. Team.
0: Where'd
1: you get that shirt? It's so online, $25. That's an the image.
0: Do you know our buddy Danny Kellis is making bull shirts right now? Of course he's he is. Trying to, he's trying to capitalize on it. Of course it. he, he is. doing stand-up, so he jumped into D-
1: this. D- Danny Callis from the Deep Pizza City, Deep, Deep, Deep Dish Pizza City Tours. Yeah. Although that place, I think I think that. that Why did he quit stand-up?
0: That's a great question. For A little backstory for our listeners around the country, around the world. Danny Callis is a dude who I've referenced throughout this podcast because I've been he's trying hilarious.
1: to a- He's hilarious.
0: He's fucking funny. hilarious. So fucking funny. He won't so do the podcast. Him. He won't even do the podcast, man. What's wrong with him? Why'd he quit? I had a big uh, Zoom chat with him and the other community you know guys. We had a little reunion, dude. Uh, do it, do it, do a job. but keep doing stand up. Why quit? He had a weird thing where, like, I think he was burnt out, and so we all thought he would take like a little hiatus, I, like a couple months I, off, I, and then I he never came that. back.
1: Right, I get that, but still, don't stop
0: altogether. I know, man. I'm, I'm still hoping. I think this is actually might bring him back because he got to the point where he was. He took such a long time off, but the weird thing is, dude, he still produces. The show means you should know every Wednesday no. in Chicago. He was still producing it. No. I'm like, how could you be here and be around all this but not do it? If I quit stand-up, I, w- I would never go to another show unless it was like awesome. a close friend filming a special. I'm like, ah, I'm here for the
1: sports. I'm not going to a also- Wednesday show every week. Also, Joe, me right now saying, why quit stand-up? I feel like us being married guys, like, why get married? Join the misery. Yeah. why be single I mean like quit stand-up you have a good there's no you don't need a reason to quit stand-up quit stand-up yeah, yeah. put the needle in your vein like the rest of us you but know? i love danny he's the best
0: no he's the best and he was super funny And we both know he was a dude who like loved stand-up mm-hmm. but i think now that there's like I, he, he got in his brainworm. he was like i've taken such a long time off right. and everyone's been hyping me up because while he was on hiatus everyone was like come back come back come back yeah. he was worried that when he'd come back he was gonna bomb and like new comics or people who didn't know sure. This guy sucks. Why you guys, yeah. this guy you missed. I'm like, who dude, who cares? Fuck now. Who cares? Bob, who cares? Yeah, I know. I agree. Who, gives Bob, who cares? But he's been making some fun shirts. Uh The one he made was, <laughs> they're like a little ridiculous, but that, some of them are pretty fun. One was MJ greater than OJ greater than LBJ. <laughs> and I like shared it saying like, someone's got to buy this for me. And our buddy, Megan Gailey was like, is that OJ like OJ Simpson? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like,
1: who no, O.J. Power.:
0: Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, tight end. <laughs> who thinks oh, – she's like, who thinks O.J. Simpson is better than LeBron James? I'm like, nobody. It's a fucking joke shirt. Come on. Well,
1: there's an argument to be made. You know, there's, I mean – as, as a professional athlete, O.J. was amazing. Fucking amazing. He really was.
0: And, you know, it's incredible, too. I didn't even realize this. During the whole uh, Jordan stuff, Ahmad Rashad's been in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson and Bill Cosby stood up in his wedding. That's fucking insane company. And by the way, madrashad has been married, I think, four or five times
1: or something. Yeah. Madrasad, the the ultimate fucking ass kisser reporter. He was a good athlete too, but yeah, he had total ass kisser. He was an amazing athlete. Madrasad was an amazing athlete. What did he you know, play? He was a wide receiver, right? Wide receiver for the Vikings. Yeah and i and i get why he kissed ass because he had the connections from it. you know why fuck that up
0: i i honestly that's why i could never do that job if i were a sports reporter i would be nice to all of them so i could go to the parties go to the clubs yeah i mean i you know you know i you you went to his house with me the one night but he wasn't there i Uh, did yeah dave boland who played for the Mm -hmm. blackhawks scored the game-winning goal in the 2013 cup was a, a good friend of mine um I don't really talk to him. I got to hit him up. Now that
1: Zoom's a possibility, I should get him on the podcast. And that that was was another good thing about Zoom. And that was Joe, and that was Dave Bolin, like level D athlete in Chicago. Imagine how these motherfuckers are living, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, being a Blackhawk was still pretty sick at that time. I hear you. Oh, absolutely. Michael Jordan, Yeah, and and Dave would be the first to admit, there's Michael Jordan, Of course, my hand's not even in the screen anymore, and (laughs) Dave Bolin, right? You know, who had a great career, making three to five million per season. Um, but like dude yeah you can't even imagine that and we had a fucking great time that night when i you know amazing
1: amazing time
0: he had just gotten traded to the maple leafs and his so his house was being sold and a couple of his buddies I was good buddies with these great dudes Derek and jason were like hey it's the last weekend at the house come on by the way joe by
1: the way joe no better buddies than hockey buddies <laughs> holy shit <laughs> you <laughs> know kidding. hockey the, buddies are the best the best I live
0: with, in Chicago, I had a buddy who played minor league hockey, mm-hmm. and I lived with them and a few people in this house for like six months. Such a good time. Amazing. Although the, the, the laundry area smelled because it is the worst smelling. The worst the smell. Hockey equipment, the worst smell there is. It you know what I, I I can't figure out why it's a ton of sweat obviously you sweat so much yeah. playing that game and then maybe it's the cold air mixed with the sweat it's the bad combo. Well, it's heavy, it's leather, and it soaks in. It never leaves, you know. Yeah, those pads, it just it really does. I, I remember wrestling with a dude who had like lucky knee pads, mm-hmm. and by the time like uh, like state you know tournaments came around, we were like, we want you to not get knocked down the first round. You're a teammate. Right. We're not rooting for you because sure. the smell is fucking unbearable. That's incredible. But yeah, I don't even blame it. It's funny to me when people are like, "Where's your journalistic integrity?"
1: Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: out, journalistic integrity. Like fuck that. I'm, I, I want to go. I want to smoke cigars with Michael Jordan. That's where I want to drink at.
1: these fourteen hundred dollars a bottle of tequila
0: with Michael Jordan. Dude, they probably, that's, what
1: he, thats what he's drinking on his entire documentary.
0: And you know he was smoking Cubans back when that was actually hard to get.
1: He would he would murder an actual Cuban just for every cigar he smoked.
0: How much, uh, I know you're loving this documentary, but I I always, I'm interested. I love it. I love it. On the take of somebody who didn't grow up a Bulls fan, didn't Mm -hmm. grow up, you know, in like Chicago. Do you remember, like, because you were living
1: in Philly during these years. I was. And the Sixers weren't that bad then. They would always lose to the Bulls. But I was that asshole. Like, Jordan's traveling. They let him get away with traveling. And my dad would be like, yeah, it's because he's Michael fucking Jordan. He, he's he is the league. I became that guy after Jordan uh, retired. When
0: Jordan retired after '98, those couple seasons, and I was mm-hmm. like 14 years old. I'd be like Iverson's double dribbling, and and Kobe's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's ups and downs. Which no. Ups and downs is just like a great, like nobody actually. There's not a technical call called ups and downs. <laughs> he's carrying. Like, he's carrying. Yeah, yeah he is. That yeah,
1: he's carrying the league is what he's doing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, I remember. Yeah, I mean, you guys had Iverson, who was a fucking stud
1: player. Like yeah, Philly's had some well, good teams. Well, when when Jordan was jo- peak Jordan, we had Barkley. We actually got Rick Mahorn at one point. Hersey Hawkins, Johnny Dawkins, and Matt Geiger. Oh, they Geiger. Were fucking, uh, uh, five. They're pretty. They're pretty tight. No, you know? Yeah. But obviously, obviously, we're not going to beat Jordan, but we could beat the Pistons. Though, for some reason, we could beat the Pistons. It was weird. I think Mahorn and, and Barkley. And then once they traded Barkley, they were done. <laughs> and you know what?
0: People forget Joe, that Jeff Hornacek, or Hornacek, I should say. You know why I always say Jeff Hornacek? Yeah, Hornacek. It's Hornacek. But here's why I say Hornacek. Mm-hmm. And you'll love this. My father would say Hornacek. Yes. And I would always say to him, No, it's Jeff Hornacek. Yep. And my dad would say, I know a Pollock name when I see one. It's Hornacek. And I was like, <laughs> The perfect Chicago Irish American father response. You know,
1: but, uh, yeah, three. he was a big part yeah, of the trade. We got three duds for a stud. Tim Perry, Andrew Lang, and Hornacek for Barkley. But but Hornacek actually
0: was coming off an all-star season where he was like a Oh, first Hornacek first. was good. He, he was, was good in Utah, too. He, no, no Charles. he was, he was an, Barkley. Yeah, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a fucking MVP, that's for sure.
1: And we, and we got Tim Perry because he went to Temple, who's a, like a Philly local legend. And, and I know people that played, played against him, like a CYA and shit. He's so funny. He'd be like, yeah, it was three duds for a stud. I was one of the duds. He'd always say that. And he'd put a jumper in your face. And after he releases his jumper, he'd go, Perry, Perry. (laughs) Tim Perry would put jumpers in your eye. He'd put jumpers in your eye, Tim Perry.
0: I played in a Park District Rec League pickup game. Not a pickup game, it was like an actual league. But I was not regular on the team. Three guys were out. And so my one buddy's like, dude, we need a guy. Please come play. And I remember walking yeah. out of the court and seeing the t- like who the other team was. I'm like, what the fuck is this? They're like, oh yeah, that dude, he played 27 minutes with the Milwaukee Bucks two years ago. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm like, yeah, this and he-
0: dude was like a six eight black guy. And they're like, yeah, he's in the NBA. MB- he was in the NBA D League most of the year. Played some minutes with the Bucks, but then hurt his ankle, and he shouldn't even be playing in this league. But I guess he's trying to get all the you know reps in. He's no. still. 29 you know but maybe now now he's here smoking everybody it was insane dude (laughs) and even like a couple of the other guys on the team were like d2 if you're a d2 basketball player and you're playing like regular average people you're still shooting 90 percent. you're not missing shot it wasn't the one dude was like nine to ten from threes and they were all like those steph curry from the volleyball (laughs) line threes i mean this is fucking ridiculous you bring me under to embarrass me why'd you ask me to play
1: That's what people don't understand about NBA players and just basketball players in general. There's only like 300 people in the NBA, in the world. Yeah. In the world. They're the greatest basketball players on the planet. Now you're talking D1, D2. Okay, maybe you're at 500 now. You know what I mean? They're going to embarrass anybody. There are so many. I
0: mean, one of the big uh, slangs, not slangs, but sayings that people say nowadays is there are levels. That's true. Mm -hmm. There fucking are absolutely levels to this shit. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's interesting – Going back to the Jordan doc, the way they treated Tony Kukoc in the 92 Olympics is interesting, too, because you said there's like 300 people in the world. And Tony Kukoc was going to be one of those guys, and they were like, let's embarrass this fucker.
1: And Kukoc Kukoc, handled it well, though. He came back. Kukoc was so funny. He's like, I didn't even know these guys. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? (laughs) Because Jordan's a sociopath. He's a sociopath. If Jordan didn't have basketball, there'd be bodies in his basement. I don't think it'd be like
0: that. I think he would be the CEO of a fortune 500 company that like pollutes all of our rivers or something like that. <laughs> I, I really, right. I believe we as a society should <laughs> think he, he, he would lace the aspirin. Yeah. right. I feel <laughs> like we should thank whoever that Michael Jordan chose basketball. I agree. I agree. Instead of any other industry in which he could have really hurt people because it is, this, and I love though, and I loved his Hall of Fame speech. I'm one of the few people I know that actually loved his Hall of Fame speech. I loved it, too. I loved it, too. Yeah, because that's who he fucking was. That's that His psycho mentality was, this person wronged me, and that's why I got to this. And people were
1: like, no, he shouldn't have done I'm like, no, fuck that. Your Hall of Fame speech is supposed <laughs> to encapsulate who you were even, as, a, as an athlete. Even if even if he's making it all up, which he is, he's making it all up. He never got cut from a varsity team or whatever. But well, he got cut. Here's, well, here's the fucking he story. He ruined that, goes that guy's me. life. That high school coach, yeah. <laughs> People for the rest of his
0: life, it's like, wait a minute, you're the piece of shit who you don't recognize talent. Like, so that is overblown. But you know what kills me about that was he was still on JV. So when they were yeah. like, oh, he got cut as a, he got yeah. cut. I'm like, yeah, but he got cut as a freshman or a sophomore because he was still short. He like had a growth spurt later. He was 14 and five foot eight. Yeah, he really was. By the way, I read that he was when he first dunked, he was like five nine or something. Sure, like, oh, of course. It and he's got a brother. He's Michael Jordan. Jordan. He's Michael Jordan. Of course, his brother Larry Jordan is like five nine and could dunk. So there's just mm-hmm. like a, that gene is definitely in that family. Even though Jordan's the only one. Joe,
1: Joe, quick, Jordan, quick Jordan story. Um, I taught his kids stand up comedy at Franklin. That uh, what's Francis Parker? That rich school in Lincoln Park. You know. Yeah. Our my friend Bill O'Donnell was a teacher there, and he did like an after school program, and he did stand up comedy. And it was Jeffrey and uh, what's his Marcus. daughter's name? Uh, daughter's Jasmine. 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 Jasmine was amazing. She was actually really good. But anyway, they're like in fourth grade or some shit. So we, <laughs> he brought, Bill brought me, like Emily DeRees's and McGann, and came in and taught them stand up. Whatever, it was just, you know, it was fun. But he goes, he goes, I mean, this is what Jeffrey says. I mean, he's in fourth grade. He goes, yeah, last night my dad met Crisscross, the band Crisscross of Jump Around. I was like, no, you got that wrong. Crisscross cross met your dad last night. <laughs> That's how that worked out. Yeah. But, you, but you don't need to know that. Dude, I can't even imagine
0: how tough it must have been to be the kids of Michael Jordan. And I right, was joking right. with
1: my cousin the other day. Of course they're not good at basketball. But, there, well, there they're all the, D1, though. They're all D1, which is they so were, nuts. They were Kwame Browns. They got belittled their entire lives. Bro. I know, yeah. Like, it, maybe –
0: Maybe <laughs> if their dad was a little bit more supportive. Oh, man. Because I, I was talking about it with uh, co- my cousin about how, like, I thought LeBron James's goal now was to sign a four-year deal. Because he signed a four-year deal with the Lakers. At the end of that four-year deal, whoever drafts his kid, he'll be a free agent and he'll sign with that team. So he'll be the first father-son on the same team.
1: Yes. Because people believe
0: his kid will probably be in the NBA. Because I guess LeBron so James that, yeah. is really fucking good. Um, and then we were talking about it, and we're like, man, how shitty are Juanitas Jordan's athletic jeans, or his fucking kids could have been a little bit better? They got but to she's, but, alone she's, but she's thick. Her genes are not bad at all. It's just Jordan being a dick. You really think they had the athletic jeans to make the NBA? Absolutely. Dick, that's why? Dude,
1: absolutely. It's Michael Jordan's kid. How could it not make it <laughs> well, at least? Sh- you only
0: get 50% of it, though, you know? Dude.
1: But yeah, I know
0: he's that 50% a, should be enough. He's a sociopath. He's not a sociopath. I don't know if he's a sociopath, though, because he has shown emotion that seems very legit to
1: me during this documentary. Joe, Joe, last episode, he cried talking about how competitive he was. Didn't shed a tear talking about his dad being murdered. That, oh, tells, you anything, that tells
0: you everything you need to know. Yeah, but that's not fair because at the end of the next episode, he's bawling his eyes out
1: on the floor. Completely fair, or... completely fair oh, completely fair crying, he hugging the he cried about dad. how competitive he was and the director said that was 45 minutes into the documentary
0: i know i saw that interview they're like that was one of our first things and he had like a director
1: to like go hang on the bathroom didn't even Look, have what? his didn't even have his tequila at that point has he been
0: drinking tequila is that what he's been drinking along with it did not you see my background fortunately dollars a bottle good well, i it. did see that a second ago man Look i do love how thing. you're changing this up hold on where is it here it is Oh dear God! That's the fucking vodka. That's mm-hmm. the tequila he's
1: drinking, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fourteen hundred a bottle.
0: What do you think the difference between fourteen hundred dollar a bottle of tequila is and regular, you know,
1: Cuervo? The hangover. Yeah, would it not give you a hangover, <laughs> or would it give you a strong one? Oh, it, it gives you no. there's no hangover. You're right back. You're ready to fucking own the world.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. I like that idea. That's what. That's what. Okay. Well, that, then you were getting what you pay for. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the next episode, because you're talking about the end of episode seven, which by the way, the end of episode seven gave me goosebumps as a person who loves sports and loves winning, because the way he said, sometimes I push people who don't want to be pushed, sometimes I whatever, you know, but I wanted to fucking win, and I wanted them to feel that too, and then it cuts to his teammates celebrating Fucking win after win, and I'm like, God damn, dude, I, I personally got goosebumps during that. That show. was another
1: that was another lie when he's like, I want them to win with me. No, you didn't. You wanted it for yourself, MJ. Always. And that's fine. And that's fine, but you didn't give a fuck about your teammates.
0: Well, I think Never. he wanted them to play a certain way so he could
1: win. Yeah, he wanted to play like him, which nobody could, because he's Michael Jordan. They, yeah, I mean, I, Joe, I, they did not win six titles because he wanted Scott Burrell to fight him. That's not why they won. They won because he was Michael Jordan.
0: I definitely think he was a motivator, though, man. I think because uh, people forget this, and this isn't to knock Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen did not come into the league as an all-star. He didn't. He took some time to develop. And the story goes, which they they talked about a little bit, but they didn't really drive into it enough, was that Jordan pulled him aside and said, you were going to stay with me after practice and play one-on-one. So after every practice, Jordan Pippen would play one-on-one for – hours sometimes against pippen's will which is pretty sociopathic i'll give you but that (laughs) turned pippen into one of the greatest perimeter defenders of all time yeah but great transition scorer and all that shit if jordan wasn't like that pippen doesn't develop that way
1: uh, nice player but not the guy he is now not top 50 nba i'll give you that joe but at the same time when he went to go play baseball that year right afterwards with the bulls almost went to the finals again that was the team with the most chemistry ever. They loved when he left. Like, oh, my God, what's this? A basketball? I haven't seen this in six years. We're all fucking I – mean, they loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean, which isn't co- completely true, though, because he did – a. you know, Jordan had years where he averaged, like, eight assists a game and shit. But, like – I know, I know. I'm just I kidding. know, no, it's fun to be, like, whatever. But part of why I like this documentary is so much – some people go, like, oh, those athletes had it easier because Twitter wasn't around. Maybe. But now I'll – I get into it, and I wish I didn't. I get into it with fucking uh, basketball fans on Twitter and shit like that because they have it wrong. I don't like when people have it wrong. Don't rewrite history. You can be honest about it. Like, like I like what you do, CJ, where you're like bullshit. You're in it for yourself. That I'm right. fine with because right. yeah, that's plausible. But when people say shit like, "Oh, Jordan didn't fucking do this or that," I'm like, "Well, the evidence says the otherwise." You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh
1: Jordan. I mean, he was a passer. You know, Jordan was the greatest basketball player and f- absolute athletic force i've ever seen like i've never seen a dude who could just absolutely will a victory before like jordan could, you know He's yeah. like, when You said we watched him you're like oh they're gonna win because they have michael jordan you know you never doubted that he wasn't gonna win that's all he
0: did was win yeah 100 you know? and yeah that 93 94 bulls team was fucking fantastic and i do like that they showed up and they cut to scotty and scotty's like it had a lot of fun, yeah.
1: There was no, no one giving mm-hmm. a shit, yelling at us, all that kind of nonsense. You know, you know, you know it's funny that with that story where Pippen didn't come out. Well, they did out. lose in
0: the second round real quick, though. Everyone always thinks they lost in the third round.
1: Listen, that next team was good. That next team was, was good. really good. Um, but but uh, Kukuo took that shot, and Pippin didn't come out for it because he wanted for oh. him, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a story where Jordan was playing baseball when that happened, and he goes to Andrea Kramer, whoever the hell is reporting down in Birmingham, and he, and he goes – why did Phil Jackson do that? He knew that would piss Pippen off. Like, he like understood Pippen's thought process. But then come documentary, he's like, that's going to be with him his entire life. Yeah, Jordan, because you keep bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Scotty, there's been – the, the
0: Scotty narrative hasn't been that great. I mean, Jordan, of course, is awful along the way. Uh, it's been awful. He's underpaid. He's being selfish. He fucking quit on his team. There's been a lot. I know Jordan did say, like, in episode one or two, hey, I don't win six without him. But, yeah, the narrative on Pippen hasn't looked great. He had a headache, a migraine. Scottie
1: Pippen is one of the greatest basketball
0: players who ever lived.
1: And they act like he's a fucking
0: ragdoll. He is definitely one of the best defensive players. Dude,
1: all-around
0: players, dude. All-around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know. His his scoring, he was always just a better transition score. His career average was, like, 16 a game.
1: I mean, he, yeah, was he wasn't a, he was he wasn't a pure scorer but, no, he, he, wasn't. but he was but he's a defender, rebounder a league, rebound assist everything he wanted faciliter. yes he was fantastic and, and he could his, guard like, and anywhere. his chemistry and his chemistry with jordan was incredible you know yes he was
0: i always thought that's why it did was weird when i remember when they did like the trailer for the documentary remember this like mm-hmm. a year ago fucking yeah, a year ago people were like june yeah. of 2020
1: we are like we're gonna wait a fucking year for this oh, shit. I know. I know. People are like, "Oh my god, look at this!" It was nuts. And uh, my joke was, they're gonna do ten parts of Michael Jordan. He didn't. He didn't even kill a waiter. <laughs> who, who killed the
0: waiter? By the way, OJ oh, Simpson. Oh yeah, that guy, Ron Golden, was a waiter. Uh, you forget that a little bit. You don't have too many Jewish waiters. That's why I think. Yeah, they, they don't get too. They don't get too into the waiter
1: story.
0: That's. Maybe, maybe he was shit. Maybe he was one of those waiters that was just like. He yeah, did the whole spiel I've, about the specials where you're like, we get it. Yeah. I've wanted to kill a waiter before,
1: you know? I've been they a waiter before I wanted to kill myself. Like <laughs> compliments on Girls Order. Hey, way to go. Fajitas, you win. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, man. Who are you to
0: judge our food? Piece of mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, dude, I'm loving it, man. What's been your um who like, dude, I mean, what do you think for these next two episodes? Do you think it's I just think it's been really I think the documentary's been well shot. It's shown some really cool moments behind the scenes. Shit, I didn't really know. I was thirteen or fourteen. I was fourteen in ninety eight. I don't remember Rodman disappearing for to go to. Ve- I remember hearing stories about him banging Carmen Electra, but I didn't know he went to Vegas in the middle of the season for fun. You know.
1: By the way, did you hear uh, Car- Carmen Electra's been doing interviews since then and saying like they used to bang on a practice court and shit and like just fucking fuck everywhere. Dear yeah. God. Because,
0: dude, I didn't get this. Here's something that the documentary kind of fucked up. They made it seem like Jordan went to Vegas to get Rodman. No, right. He went across no, the street. He, he went, across, he went across, the street. across the street. Yeah. Rodman apparently lived in like an apartment or a con. By the way, in the late 90s, that area is not like it is today. For those of you who have never <laughs> been to Chicago, I tell you what, it's not even that great today. It really depends on what side of the United Center you're on. Right. Did you go from like the highway, like Randolph Street, Washington, toward like the United Center? They've really they've added a bunch of bars because the Blackhawks went nuts and started winning cups, and it's kind of popped up with some more yuppies and stuff. Patrick but,
1: Kane used to stand on it and do blow and shit.
0: Yeah, dude, he had definitely helped the property <laughs> building in that area. And then though, dude, it was so bad that there was like a couple restaurants not too far away because there was like a you know little village with some Italian joints over there. People like Wayne Messmer. Who was famous in Chicago because he would sing the national anthem before Bulls games, Blackhawks games, and Cubs games? That's how like much of a voice this dude was. Got shot in the chest walking from the United Center. What? Like two? Yeah, You've heard of Wayne Mesmer. Yeah, he got shot. No, he got shot. Yeah, he got shot. He was like in the hospital for everyone thought he was going to die, but he like came out. You know, good? Surgery? That's amazing. Yeah, I mean it was such a horrible who shoots area. Wayne know. It just, who shoots
1: dinosaur. Wayne Mesmer. I know. They just shoot Wayne Mesmer.
0: The lovely voice, you know? It's kind
1: of like the people who shot... It's kind of like the people who shot Jordan's dad. They're like... Because people are like, oh, it's because of a gambling debt. No, it wasn't. He got... It was a random jacking. And the people, like, took his wallet. like, oh, fuck. You know who we just killed? Michael yeah. Jordan's dad. We are fucked. <laughs> like, we're getting caught. You know? Yeah. Holy we, shit. We robbed man. the wrong dude. Yeah,
0: dude. Well, that's what's... I mean... Uh, anyway, long story short, Rodman lived across the street, which was weird. Yeah, he, he had a fuckhouse. He probably thought, who's going to suspect I live across the street? But it's me that dude. Jordan walked Dang. across the street to knock on the door. And Cumberland was like mm-hmm. hiding naked under a blanket. Be like, oh, my God, Michael Jordan's here. So funny. You, it's, it's, so been, funny. it's been so good for stories like this, too, you know. Uh, but let me – you make a good fucking point about Jordan's dad's murder. You're a gambler, mm-hmm. CJ, and a very good yep. one. Did you yep. – uh, but even before this documentary, documentary, what do you think about the whole conspiracy Jordan was offended, oh, well, and they killed trust because me. of
1: gambling. Yeah, gamb- gamblers never bought into that conspiracy. That only came from non-gamblers who, like, heard stories like, oh, he owed money, there's this, there's that, there's these seedy characters. Gamblers knew, like, listen, if you have half a billion dollars, you don't have a gambling problem. That's not a problem at all. Yeah. Michael Jordan is fine. If, like, That's like, oh, he could throw the game. No, he could a casino would have to pay him off for him to fucking like they got so much money he has you know like definitely yeah he's a psycho but he doesn't have a gambling problem as far as money goes so there's no way someone would kill michael jordan's first of all if you're michael jordan's bookie you hit the lotto you want to keep that going as long as you can you're not going to try to end that by
0: killing his dad exactly and it reminded me of when there was like a michael jackson documentary they talked about michael jackson around the time he died and they're like well you know michael jackson was in a lot of debt and he's someone right. brought up the point someone's like "Well, why did banks keep lending michael jackson money it's like well because mm-hmm. he's fucking michael jackson he announces michael a tour jackson. yeah they, he was announcing a tour that was going to make over a billion dollars and the bank's like "Well, right. he only knows it's like 50 million so like that's why you keep that money line going so you're right if you're a bookie and you're michael jordan's bookie You hit the jackpot, especially since Michael Jordan had a really crazy pattern, I've noticed about this guy, of making a friend and keeping them around. They keep talking to his friend, George. You you know the story of this guy, George. George Mm -hmm. was a limo driver who was at O'Hare, and the guy he was supposed to pick up didn't show, or his flight was canceled or delayed and didn't realize. And Michael Jordan, whoever the Bulls sent to pick him up, didn't show up. So Jordan's just like this dude, like, what the fuck? And I think that guy was like, hey, you want to ride? And he was like, sure. You know, I'll, I'll go I'll in your limo. Since then, they've been inseparable best friends. <laughs> and all those weirdo security guards, the yeah. guy you showed, one of the sniffs, they call him, because they're sniffing his jock. Sniff brothers, right? Yeah. Sniff brothers. The dude's got the crazy hair that everyone loves because he did the Jordan shrug, and it's a meme that's going around. And that guy is fun. I love I love the, whenever that guy pops in because he, he, he seems like a good guy. That guy's
1: amazing. He's been dead for three years. I don't know why he likes him. He's been dead for three years? Oh, that's even more yeah. depressing.
0: He used to be a Chicago cop. Here he is. Oh, he was a cop. That makes some sense. Because you look at that guy and you're like, why would he be security?
1: Smith Brothers. Because he's amazing.
0: Because he's amazing. Yeah, so I think George yeah. just kind of has this I like you. You could stick around even though you don't look like you could fight anyone off. You're right. With my entourage.
1: Because he probably had a security team and a security team within the security team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's yeah, Michael I mean, fucking Jordan.
0: He definitely had a weird entourage, though, which I think was kind of Absolutely.
1: I mean, can you imagine being him? Like, every second of the day, there's just a billion people trying to get a piece of you? No, I can't. That's fucking crazy.
0: It was nice that they talked about that, too, where it shows him in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. And my wife hasn't been watching, but I told her, I go, you wouldn't believe this. He's going down. They show him leaving the room, getting on the elevator, and taking the elevator down, just him and the cameraman. So yeah. the elevator doors open the elevator doors open you don't even see anyone because they're around the corner door right. doors open and you just hear screaming and cheering and dude my three-year-old son got really into the beatles because i started playing some beatles stuff like on youtube <laughs> and so i've been like reliving beetle mania By what year like, e- what, the- what era beatles uh he's actually he's following he's progressing with the beatles He's on the white he, album already? Yeah, dude, we're already <laughs> in the white album. He likes he likes uh while my guitar gently sleeps. He's nice, he's nice. He's a big nice, fan nice. of Dear Prudence. Like nice. he's coming around. Like yeah, I thought he, he already hates he, he, hate,
1: he already hates Paul. He's like, yeah, George is no, the no. true artist. Yeah. He thinks, you know, the funny
0: thing is, dude, again, because of it, you know YouTube, you watch one YouTube video and they suggest other stuff. I don't mm-hmm. watch this with him because I don't want to I, he doesn't know they broke up. That- <laughs> he
1: doesn't know. <laughs>
0: He doesn't he know, just, know about the wings. No, he <laughs> doesn't know about Yoko. He doesn't right. know about a lot of this shit. Yeah, he'll
1: really he'll learn. He'll, he'll learn on his own
0: pace. Yeah. We were watching the movie Help, which is what the movie that got him into, and then I showed him a Hard Day's Night. And and my mm. wife out loud says, "What year did John Lennon die?" And my son goes, <laughs> "My son whoa, goes, whoa, whoa." Well, he goes, "John Lennon died," and he doesn't know really death. <laughs> he doesn't really know what death is, but he was just like John Lennon died. And sure. I look at my wife. I go.
1: I don't <laughs> want this to be his first experience with death. Me telling him that Lennon's dead, or that he was oh, yeah. a but, bad dad too. By you know? the by the way, by the way, son, people end their lives, and he got shot. Yeah, yeah. Some two lessons sh- for two lessons for you.
0: People, someone shot him in his hotel, or not his hotel, his apartment, like doorway or some shit. Uh, but no. So I've been seeing some documentaries, so I'm like, all right, I got you know, YouTube suggesting, I'm watching some like interviews and stuff. Paul McCartney Mm -hmm. was Michael Jordan for that band, except he wasn't like, well, he was kind of dickish in 19 during the white album recording. The band almost broke up like three times. Ringo Mm -hmm. left the band for two weeks. George left the band for a little bit. And when everyone asked him why they're like, Paul's a dick. Although like John and George almost like, through blows one time but then later they were like we didn't punch we were fucking right, they were both right. on lsd because those two were like lsd buddies together george and john
1: they always say like at the end of the day we got along and we're like hey do you want a swimming pool then let's write a swimming pool i'm gonna write yesterday now we have a swimming pool
0: yeah that's basically like that's it is funny though when you ever hear about a band breaking up people always whenever they talk to the band they go well things were great until the end well yeah, yeah. no shit that's why it ended i mean uh, everything's great until the
1: end so anyway, though, um, so my Slash, sl- Slash tells a story. One time Slash got mad at Axel, obviously during rehearsal, whatever, like stormed off in L.A. and he ran into Keith Richards. And Keith Richards was like, hey, what's going on? I was like, fuck Axl, I'm leaving the band. And Keith Richards goes, never leave your band, mate. Do separate hotels, separate limos, whatever, but never leave the band. The band is everything. And he's like, yeah, he's right. He was right. You know, that's yeah. your fucking bread maker. That's your money. Yeah, i mean the rolling stones would know yep yeah, I mean, right. yeah. hey by the way i'm 60 years. by the way i'm keith richards <laughs> <laughs> like, I know the I'm, fuck a, I'm talking about yeah i'm a
0: vampire i know what i'm doing i want i want a documentary about that dude i'm sure I'm, there's probably been some bootleg ones but i want like a real like anyway sorry sorry yeah. to interrupt keep going no no it was good it helped me get back on track with what i was going to say though so i was uh talking about oh shit what was he saying my wife hasn't been watching it, but I was going to tell yeah. her. Ah, uh, oh shit, man. All right, we're talking about Jordan, security. This is always good for podcasting. People are less used to this stuff because they know I drink along the way.
1: And also, we'll never edit this.
0: No, I don't edit this shit at all.
1: It, in my head, in my head, I'm like, I oh, will go back and edit this. I never edit this shit.
0: Yeah, you have a podcast where you do the same thing. But no, yeah. she hasn't been watching along with me, but I've been telling her like the little... like tidbits and stuff like that
1: oh she said she said uh john lennon got di- shot and your kid's like john lennon died well and no no said.
0: we mentioned that part
1: because i had know no, like, that's where we, that's where we left off yeah
0: but then i was trying to bring up why i brought up my wife in particular um oh, something to do with, i don't know anyway, anyway back to jordan's dad's death though we'll just get back to that the reason Who's behind I, you
1: is that chris bryant behind
0: you? this is chris bryant yeah, it's a cardboard cutout my mom got from, from las vegas from, what's from, the like, school Bryce Bryce harper yeah, man. Joey Gallo was one of their boys, too.
1: Imagine Dude. that fucking team. Imagine that team. Just
0: hitting Those bombs. Bombers. Bombers. Fucking insane. Ready-lefty combo, too, right up the middle. That's why every Cubs fan wanted Harper so bad.
1: Harper's they're dog team is Wrigley, too. And, and they're all, like, 25 and under still.
0: Yeah, I think 27 now, but
1: yeah. Just, whatever, whatever. Just so I mean, crazy. Same shit. Same they, shit, They all have right? 10 years ahead of them, you know?
0: It's crazy. Um, oh, no, I was going to switch to this, though. The idea okay. that Jordan was suspended yes because the gambling stuff which i'm like all right they would never do that that's just i was i i always thought that was the stupidest fucking conspiracy theory why would they like especially here's the thing when people need to realize about conspiracy theories getting caught can't be worse than the actual truth Mm -hmm. you know um and i know i say that because like people like the moon landing or 9-11 or kennedy assassination for the people who did those things, if it was a conspiracy, I'm not saying those all were. Although Kennedy, right. I, think, oh, sure. I definitely think Kennedy was not fucking
1: uh, – What do they want to keep under wraps? Golf bets? Like, what do you <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. What do they, they want to hide? I don't who fucking get cares? Yeah. Nobody cares. It wasn't elite. Like, whatever.
0: Who cares? As long as he wasn't gambling on – and Even if he was right. gambling on basketball, he wasn't betting against right.
1: himself. You're exactly right. The only thing that would have mattered if he was betting on the Bulls to lose. That was it. Like, yeah. Yeah, we're and of course things. he wasn't doing
0: that no because he was a psycho winner like I've, right. I, all this stuff has been popping he's already up on, he's already proven he'll do anything to win yeah everything's all this shit's been popping up i saw like a will smith interview on jimmy kimmel about hanging out with jordan and, and this was like five years ago and mm-hmm. jimmy Kimmel's was like oh yeah you're you're friends with michael jordan what's that like he's like um it's a competition all the time like You'll go out to eat with him, and he'll be like, "I bet you eat this steak faster than you eat your steak." Like he's that guy. <laughs> like, and they're like, and he goes, "Who else is close to that?" He goes, "Tiger Woods is close to that." So, like, but those two, he said, are like, and Will Smith's one of those dudes that's like really like all about right. that kind of shit, you know. So, um, for him to be like, yeah, sure, I he goes, "You don't right. know what competition yeah. is for someone
1: hands, who's or, for someone who's succeeded at such a high level to be like, this guy's crazy," you know. This nuts. guy's fucking nuts. Eminem told a story. Did you hear that Eminem story? No. Eminem was uh, doing a shoe deal with Jordan. Like they're sort they of on the phone talking, like they're doing some kind of like a sneaker, you know, whatever, like business deal. And at the end of a call, he's like, "Yeah, Jordan was really cool, really nice, funny. We're talking, we're going back and forth." And at the end of a call, I just said a random joke, like, "Okay, hey, when are you going to come to Detroit so I can dunk on you?" He goes, "Then there's radio silence on the other end." He's like. He took me seriously. I'm like, the joke is, obviously, I'm not going to dunk on you. I'm Eminem. I'm yeah. a white rapper. He's like, but, he, but he's like, fuck you. I can never take a threat. I want to come and murder you. I was like, yeah. okay, sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> I, I,
0: that's It's hilarious to me. Every time I'm right. watching this thing, dude, like, the memes have been great, too. Someone had one where they showed BJ Armstrong saying, like, I told Mike my son was his favorite player. And then it cuts to Jordan going. So obviously I had to score 70 points on him in the first quarter or some shit like that. And then I cut to Horace Grant being like, and then he adopted <laughs> BJ's son. And then he cut to Jordan and he's my son now. Like it's like the most fucked up shit. So it's funny. so funny. I love it though. It's so great he, because no athlete Joe, is Joe. It's
1: the best. Joe, did you hear that? Right. Did you hear that? Did you hear yeah, that yeah. story this week where Sam Smith put out that Jordan would let Horace Grant eat if he had a bad game? You <laughs> would deny if him. Forrest Green had a bad game. Jordan would not let him eat food. He would take the food. He would take food out of his hands. And he would tell the flight attendant not to serve him.
0: Oh my god! I mean, dude. What? <laughs> and it's so funny, dude. During
1: that, but like, of course like, he went to Orlando.
0: Yeah, I know, right? I mean, this was after Jordan even came back though, too, because like episode seven, they were all like, "Yes, he was an asshole. Yes, he went over the line." And they're like, "We won though, so I guess it must have worked." Must have worked. We won. Yeah. Yeah. Must have
1: worked. Look, I I think we won either way.
0: No, I'm saying there's
1: a good chance Uh, if he was nice, they might have won, you know? Yeah, Bill Russell wasn't a sociopath. He still won 11 titles. Yeah. You know? But the the point is, (laughs) it is my favorite part about this thing. (laughs) It's, It's so, first of all, there's so many characters I love in this documentary. I love uh, Falk, his agent, David Falk. What a liar he is. Just a liar. He's like, yeah, I went to Nike, and I was like, you have an air pocket. Michael Jordan plays in the air. Call it Air Jordan. Simple. That never happened to Phil Knight. You, 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 you did not tell Phil Knight and Nike how to run their operation. Yeah, I don't recall that, one. that like one. Nike was selling mixtapes out of their trunk.
0: Yeah, that did, did some little sketchy. Plus, there was a 30-for-30 30 30 documentary called Soul Man, sold out like a shoe, where kind of that guy was more of the genius behind getting Jordan. I forget his name. Sal or
1: whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, something like that. It's a good 30-for-30. 30 30. Yeah, Sal Vercocchio. Yeah,
0: I think that's it. And he was a dude who started these high school basketball tournaments as a way to get them on board with, you know, shoe deals. And I think he was mm-hmm. with – other he was a kind yeah, of Nike He stuff. basically he
1: basically created AA. Yeah,
0: yeah he did. Which I think yeah, is he now basically created ruining basketball. Show. Um I think AAU is ruining basketball now too because Absolutely. everyone just wants to play with their foot My favorite
1: players. is John Stockton and Patrick. Sure. But John Stockton and Patrick Ewing are my favorite because they obviously uh, do not want any parts of this documentary. They're like, why would you want me to talk about how great Jordan was and how he dunked on me, you know? Like, this is a fucking blowjob for MJ. Yeah, he was great. He killed me. I don't want to come back here and do this bullshit. This documentary almost didn't get finished because Stockton refused to do an interview, which I love. I didn't know (laughs) that. It's like when they tell uh, Russian hockey, like, hey, USSR hockey, do you – like, Russia hockey, do you call the miracle on ice? you have documentaries about it? Like, no, we hate that game. We lost. Yeah. Well, history is won by winners,
0: or history is written by winners. You know what I mean? Um, dude, yeah, I'm having fun with this documentary. I'm, I'm excited for these last two episodes. I do want to get two more things right. out of you before That's I let true. you go now. Um, we, we talked about how you went to Ireland. You went with Nolan Rafford, who's been on the podcast. Sean Flannery. Go for it. Sean Flannery. You went with Sean Flannery. Hold on, saying my internet connection is unstable. What the fuck? Is that me or you? That's probably mine. You got me, right? You hear me?
1: Same thing over here, too.
0: Yeah, the I delay mean- sucks. All right. Um, what we'll, we'll try to get through this the best we can. There's like two more things I wanted to talk to you about. Going to Ireland with Nolan, Galway Bay Pub. Been on this podcast. Fucking great. And then uh, Flannery. And then you also were there with Adam Burke. Uh, Adam Burke, I had to unfriend on Facebook because he doesn't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep, had to happen. Had to let him go.
1: I saw that. I saw that rival,
0: dude. I don't know. Like, it just felt like he was like being well, so anti. Well, you're Chicago, so you're gonna defend Bueller to the day he dies. And it's a fun, wholesome movie
1: that shouldn't be taken that seriously. But there is an underground swelling. like Joe. As a blue-collar guy, you should take this thing seriously. There's a swell against Bueller as a rich, spoiled prick.
0: But look, he's a generous tipper. You know? He's a generous tipper. He's a snob. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much of a snob he is. But Listen,
1: like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're, you're not gonna, Joe, you, Joe, you're not gonna have me say a bad word about Ferris Bueller. I'm just you're, saying this is where this argument's coming from.
0: Okay, fair enough, CJ. But the argument is coming from people. And look, yeah, I grew up, my dad was a city worker. I, I get it. I went to a public grade school, Catholic high school, saw how both sides worked. I can't say anything bad about Ferris Bueller because it's a fucking fun, wholesome movie. It's not supposed to be analyzed like these fucking nerds do. This is what these people do. And look, honestly, I still love Burke. I it's would amazing. help him out. In a, I, I
1: still, He's still a good friend, but it's I don't a- want to be Facebook friends with him. It's a flat out it's a flat out classic. It's a flat out classic. It's a
0: goddamn goddamn right it is. All
1: All right. Right. speaking of Joe's parents, shout out to Irish Jane Kilgallon. Jesus. Yeah. I um, love her.
0: She's hilarious. I know. I wish she didn't discover going live What's on Facebook though. All right, the next thing I want to talk about um, since there's lag, I wanted to get in some Irish stories, but well, I could save you for another. She's like door
1: she's like door to me. I I will say a bad word about her.
0: Beautiful. I appreciate that.
1: Uh I'll yeah, get some Irish I'll do this stories. again for sure. Yeah, fuck sure. okay, yeah.
0: Next part 2 we'll get some Irish stories out of you. Not part 2. I'll just have you on, man. Um I do want to ask you about this last cuz I I never really got to text you about it and I should have. There was a huge commercial. It was particularly huge in Chicago in which it was George right. Went and um I'm blanking on the other guy's name, the super fans from SNL. Robert Smigel, right? super fans from SNL with Peyton Manning. And it was a series of commercials. Robert
1: Robert Smigel.
0: Robert Smigel. And it was with Brett Favre. I'm sorry, it was with Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. You and Sean Flannery, who I mentioned earlier, you guys
1: wrote those commercials. That was the NBC. Yeah. So tell me about what was that like? Me and Sean Flannery are, well, I have an update for that story, Joe. Me and, me and Sean Flannery write for Robert Smigel a lot. We've been writing for him for like at least five, six years from now. We actually just got finished writing for him yesterday. There's a uh, Chicago COVID charity that's going, hosted by Dean Cole that we wrote for, for Smigel too, for superfans. We do uh, Triumph, Intel Comic Dog, superfans. We write for Smigel. Smigle's a great guy. He, uh, one time at Chicago Comedy Festival, they did a uh a live reading of a script of a movie of the super fans that never happened had mike dick it was awesome and uh me and sean uh, were hired to punch up the script and Spaggle liked us so he always hires us anytime there's a chicago gig you know nice and we so we write it up and Spaggle's great i mean Spaggle's one of the most down-to-earth funniest and greatest people i've ever met um so the Brett Favre things we did, right? the, the baptizing and Peyton Manning thing with baptizing an au jus sauce, which we took from Pat Bryce, the great laddie Bryce, when he would order a sweet beef from Al's Beef, he'd go, give me a sweet beef and baptize it. Yeah, so we so baptized Peyton Manning in, this, in the au jus sauce. Uh, we, just did, we just did one now for COVID. They wear masks, but they have a mustache. Uh, they don't have toilet paper, but they, they use Green Bay Packer flags. Um, just, uh, you know, shit like that. Uh, yeah. So we write for me and Sean I write for Robert Smigel. And he's the best. That's great. I
0: love that guy. Super funny. He's the best. Uh, and yeah, people don't realize, I don't think a lot of people even know that he's Triumph and Triumph, I think is one of the best things that come out of Conan. Oh, Triumph in South
1: was incredible. We actually, at game seven, when the Cubs won the World Series, Joe, Triumph did a thing. Um, like live, like interviewing fans or whatever. And he's like, hey, can you guys, can you get us into a bar? This is game seven of the Cubs fucking World Series. Can we get you into a bar? Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a little crowded, Rob, but we did. We talked to Nolan, and Nolan had a buddy, and we got uh, Triumph into a goddamn bar, game seven of the Cubs World Series, first segment, and uh, yeah, it was great. I didn't know that. That was shot at, uh, at Galway Bay Pub, huh?
0: So, whatever. That's yeah it. dude that's fantastic man great story um i was saying that they, i didn't realize that was shot at galway bay pub as i'm talking to you i realized you took your phone <laughs> headphones off to adjust that.
1: my cord came out but no, i knew no, if was, i just kept i knew if i just kept yelling you somebody would hear me
0: yeah for sure no i heard the whole fucking thing that was fantastic man. <laughs> michael dude that's good man well hey listen dude i'm gonna get you on again Maybe we right, report earlier when there's a little bit better internet connection. Joe, this was a blast. Thanks for having me on, man. Dude, it's fucking awesome. Tell everyone about Visitor's Locker Room and ShowVid and where to find you. Yep.
1: Real quick. Visitor's Locker Room and ShowVid. Uh, follow my social media at CJ Sullivan on uh, Twitter, underscore, at CJ Sullivan Facebook. Uh, on Instagram, CJ Sullivan was taken, with underscores, and soon to be a TikTok legend, thanks to the guide of Joe Kilgallen, Fuck yeah dude i'm gonna
0: help you out with that big time buddy you're gonna Perry love it cj sullivan yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna show up. you some st- i'm learning some more stuff i think i gave I you a good wait. start a good start i, I
1: gave you but you're i can't i can't wait for you to be my mentor tiktok i love it
0: <laughs> I it's love a fun it. one man it's one of the better social media sites right now because there's no like arguing on it. everyone's like oh yeah. let's just share videos and shit it's great Do good stuff i actually i actually took a stock tip from a tiktok video and it's actually <laughs> It's actually working. <laughs> I bought my first stock, and it's actually up oh, seven bucks it. in two days. <laughs>
1: fuck it. Why not? This why is not? Time's yeah, good. I had a little extra a little extra money. You know so I, mean?
0: I was like, I'll throw a hundred bucks. Sure. Here.
1: Natural gas? Sure. Whatever. Why not?
0: <laughs> Hydrogen <laughs> engines? Sure. Hilarious. All right. Dude, all right, thank buddy. you so much for being on the podcast. You're the best. Thanks, everyone,
1: for Love listening. Love you, buddy. Kill again the Love, Love you, buddy. All right, man.